Hello, my name is Scott and welcome to The Power of X, episode 34. And with me is Tori Wasner. Hello, Tori. Hello. And hello to you, Brendan Curtin. Oh, how are you going? I'm very, I'm very well. On this episode, we're going to give our quick thoughts on the Game Awards, talk about the Doom Eternal Horde mode, and get into the Halo Infinite single player and multiplayer. Okay, so I believe it was um, not last, last yesterday, but the Friday before uh, the annual Game Awards uh, happened. Uh, and really, I think from all of us, there wasn't too much that we were all interested in. Um, you know, they um, re- did a Hellblade 2 trailer. Um, they announced when the, finally the Cuphead um, DLC is coming out. Biggest couple of biggest thing for me was the Matrix experience that um, is finally, they've actually released that on Xbox and PS5. So I downloaded it, actually downloaded it on both Series X and Series X, S, and uh, it, it, is incre- it is actually pretty incredible just trying to work out what's actually cutscene and what's actually pre-rendered and what's actually um, in-game graphics. Mm, it's kind of insane, isn't it? Like, I, I don't have a Series X or a PS5, so I didn't download it, but... I'm with the movie coming out. I'm quite excited for the Matrix again, which is a sentence I never thought I'd, I'd say after the the last two movies. So, um, seeing this thing and as well as well, it's really it's not a game. It's more just like a showcase for the power of the Unreal Engine when you get, break it down. And same as you, like I was just watching this 15 minute playthrough on IGN or something. And same thing. I was sitting there and I'm like, what is real in this and what is like cutscene? What's uh, pre-rendered and stuff? And it's, it's incredible. Like, and they talk about it in the, in the game sort of thing. Like just, oh, you know, um, like Keanu's in it and Carrie Ann Moss, that's her name? Yeah. Yes. And Keanu's talking about, you know, like how they can use the technology now for this and that and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's kind of incredible. Like you can just, like it's, Got that uncanny valley sort of feel for it at the moment, like what's real and what's not. So I'm interested to see if they utilize this in any way going forward, not just for a games thing, but for movies, because I think it'd be quite interesting. But um, yeah, that, that, I, I was rather blown away by it, quite honestly. That was probably the, the thing I was most excited for at the Game Awards. Apart from that, not much else. And they also uh, announced that finally announced the Halo TV series. It's going to be coming out. Apparently, it's going to be a Paramount Plus exclusive. Yeah, another streaming service to pay for. Oh, yay. Uh, at least it's not on binge. <laughs> have, have you, this is a little bit off topic, but have any of you guys use binge? I'm guessing so with that sort of reaction. Yeah, I've used binge. Because in Australia now, we've got what? Um, Netflix, Stan, binge. Which I think used to be Foxtel now. Yeah, it's a rebranding of the Foxtel now. And then you got the sports one, like KO. Yep. And now we're getting Paramount Plus. There's the Amazon one. It's just turning back into TV with all these cha- channels again. Yeah, 100%. Anyway, that that's not Xbox related. It's just a, a gripe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a gripe, a gripe we all have. Um but yeah, apparently, yeah, from, apart from all that, yeah, there's nothing really too much within the Game Awards, you know, uh, no Hydrobot. Very disappointing. Yeah. 
apart from that, yeah, that's pretty much all that is in the news. So let's go ahead and let's discuss what we've um, been playing. Okay, Tori, so um, you've joined the wonderful world. Um, you've actually gotten yourself a Series X, which is very exciting. Very exciting. How is that? I'm, I'm quite keen to le- to know how your experience is with the whole setting up. I'll start right from the beginning when I received it and opened the box, and it's a presentation. It's an experience. It's like opening a chest from a video game. It's uh, really clever. I, I, I'm obsessed with um, packaging. Um, probably because I'm a graphic designer. Uh, it's got this sort of diagonal half clamshell sort of thing. So you open it up and it's got this foam that's on a slant and it's just sitting there and it's wrapped and it says, power your dreams. So that was quite magical. Uh, setting it up was really easy as well. Uh, you plug it in, it gives you a QR code, I think. It's either a QR code or you just connect to it with your phone. Either way, you do the setup on your phone while it sets itself up by like downloading updates and everything once you've connected it to Wi-Fi. It's really cool. Um, you don't have to use the on-screen keyboard to set it up. It's all on your phone. They, they, they've done what Nintendo, I think, thought they were doing in terms of integrating the phone into the experience of kind of a... What do you, what do you call it? Like a... So the whole integration they're using using uh like sort of like a somewhat like a, the original smart glass concept maybe sort of it it's just embracing the fact that you have a phone so why why not use that exactly you know why yeah why use the phone why use the actual Xbox to actually say message or do your messaging we can do it from the phone from the Xbox app exactly. I will say for me when I actually set it up my Xbox uh for some reason the mobile app experience didn't work so i had to set it up manually so i'm glad it's working now well we're we're a year out from launch so i don't know maybe servers were busy back then yeah um i know that's, that's fantastic it's actually now easy enough experience to just go up and just set up um yeah so how is it using the series s oh sorry x uh, so all of my settings from my xbox one were there so my color palette my background um my pins and groups and everything that was all set up for me i didn't have to do a thing it really did remind me of like when you install windows like on a fresh install it it can bring everything over or setting up a new phone like i got the pixel phones you set up a new phone and it kind of copies all your preferences over from your old phone just a great quality of life experience of setting it all up and then you got game pass which is really the main reason why you'd want to own an Xbox these days, just downloading everything. The internal storage is really, really fast. Um, quick resume is amazing, but it is quite limited. Uh, 800 gigabytes in reality. It says one terabyte. A lot of that's used by storage and just there's always been the, the weird conversion between like gigabyte and gibibyte because one uses 1000, one uses 1024 nerd stuff. It doesn't equal one terabyte. Exactly. So I got myself an external hard drive, a five terabyte one. You can't run series games off it because it's too slow, which is fine. I I went in expecting that, but they really do want you to kind of expand that uh, velocity architecture that they call it. Yes. And they're pricey. Um, Two terabytes is like $700 here in Australia. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, that's Australia prices for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, but at least um, at least you're able to... I, I found that um, when I originally had it set up, like I had a four terabyte uh, like external hard drive and like it was easy enough to sort of copy games to and back. Yeah, it's a lot faster than downloading. It's It's still not ideal, but it's good enough. And you can still run um, Xbox, original Xbox uh, 360 and some Xbox One games that haven't been enhanced for the series consoles. You can store and run them on the external hard drive. That's crazy. That's so good. Yeah. I do have like six terabytes of storage all up. Yeah, I'm happy with that. So wait, how, how, how is the series X with the graphics? Okay, yeah, th- this is the reason I upgraded, because I tried playing Halo Infinite multiplayer on the One X, even. It was still 30 frames per second, and it was blurry, and it was stuttery. I was really surprised, because the One X was a pretty powerful console, but I couldn't play it. And th- this is the main reason why I, I wanted a-, a Series X. I was even considering a Series S for a bit, but I managed to, to find a way to get the Series X. Because I just wanted that 60 frames per second, and I wanted it to look crisp. But I don't have a 4K TV. I'm much more about the performance and the graphics. Exactly. I will say that I was still really impressed with the, the visual fidelity of a lot of these games. Like the Forza Horizon. I was, I've been playing Forza Horizon 5. Loads really quickly, and it looks beautiful. Stunning. Especially with the weather effects and everything. Um, my PC, which is a, a gaming build, it's it struggles with that game. But the Xbox Series X just kind of cuts through it like um, hot knife through paper. I know that's not the saying, but we'll go with it. Hey, it's it's the saying for a new generation. Yeah, I, that's what I'm about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Halo Infinite looks amazing. We'll get more into that in a bit, but it's breathtaking. Um, it, it's got two um, graphics modes as well, performance and quality. Um, and there's no reason to switch off quality mode on Series X. But yeah, that's actually fantastic. I'm so glad you're actually able to get a um, Series X, Tori. Okay, Brendan, it's your turn now. You got to get a Series X. Yeah, you know what? Like you guys are talking about it. Like I'm not... The only consoles I'll ever really buy at launch is like Nintendo ones. Um, I'm Like I don't mind anything else. And But now you guys are talking about the Series X and stuff. I'm like, oh, I really want to get one now. <laughs> <laughs> looking online how much they cost. Like, which is a bad idea considering I, I got a kid like literally in three weeks. So I can't even consider it right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe another year or two. Another year or two and you've got a co-op partner. Exactly right. <laughs> Play some Lego games. Hopefully by then you'll still be able to get a um, series. Yeah. Of well, I mean, like I'm, I was just looking on the Xbox site and I'm like looking at the price. Like, yeah, I might have to hold off for a bit. But um, yeah, I know they're still somewhat out of stock, but the same deal with the ps5 too right isn't it like the a lot of supply issues in that yeah chip shortage that's it all right well that's absolutely fantastic tori and yeah so um serious x we we all recommend it even me highly recommend it <laughs> you'll get a lot more of it out of it if you have a 4k hdr tv and everything but even i'm just happy enough on my old 1080 screen it's seriously a, a much bigger pa- uh, performance leap than I expected. Yeah, fantastic. All 
Okay, so a couple from the last um, episode, we were you you two were discussing the we were all discussing the Doom Horde mode. Uh, that's actually finally now well been out for a little while, but it's actually finally actually out. Yeah, get, get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I was just gonna say I think it came out like a week after we filmed our last episode, so I think Tori's probably put more time into it. So I'll let her go first and give her opinions. So Doom Horde mode is not really a horde mode. For starters, <laughs> uh, it's more like the arena style thing. It's really just like the arena fights of the game filtered down just back to back. It's really long as well. So put aside like an hour or two to try and get a run done. Uh, you can quit and come back, I'm pretty sure, between um, the stages. But I like it, but I've really only played it once and I haven't felt a need to go back to it which is a, a bit of a shame. Yeah, I'm exactly the same way. I haven't actually, I haven't only really played it once. Brutal. Uh, I was playing on Hurt Me Plenty. I know you two would have been probably playing Nightmare or something. Um, I, it was still brutal for me, but yeah, I think once I did that and it's sort of like, okay, I don't, not so much, oh, I'm done with it now. It's just like, haven't really had a need to go back to it. I'm glad I was able to unlock the Doom 2 um, Marine skin. Yes. <laughs> So your thoughts, Brendan? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I've played it. A, I'm guessing. Okay, I'm guessing from what Tori said, I've played it more than her. Um, I went through it about three times, all the way to the end. Um, the first time I just played a little bit on stream, and then I was like, "All right, I, I'll go back to it and um, give it a proper run through." So I pumped up the difficulty from just hurt me plenty to get a feel from it to ultra violence, and I was like, "I don't think I'd be able to do it on nightmare." Um, it's, it's essentially like what Tori said, it, it's taking like one of the better parts of the game, which is the arena fights and distilling it into like this intense mode. Um, like I think, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it was really fun. I, I think I enjoyed the fact that it's not like an endless horde mode. Um, cause it would get tiring. Like I think the way they did it is probably the best way to do it. Um, because when you're playing that game, especially on the hard difficulties, and it's like they're throwing all this crap at you, um, it does get tiring. So having it, so there's a definite beginning and end to each, you know, round essentially. I think that's a smarter move than just doing an endless horde mode. And there's mods out there anyway for the PC version if you do want to do that. But um, I, I love the intensity of it, especially um, that last. Uh, arena at the halt and you get to the bonus round and it just chucks everything plus the kitchen sink at you and i remember i think i was playing one night and i finished it at 10 30 i started at like eight and i was just taking my time through it and i got to that last one i was getting tired and then i was getting more tired because i was focusing so intensely on this game and i like i Doom is one of those games, like, I think everyone everyone played it, and you're probably the same, Tori, especially on your Nightmare and Ultra Nightmare runs. You stop the... You forget to breathe sometimes. Yeah. Because you're holding your breath, trying to get out of situations. And so, it was like that for a good half an hour, like, in that last whole arena. But I I really liked it. Um, they have talked about how they're going to update that as well um, and change around some of the waves and the patterns and stuff so i hope they change levels in that too and having rewards tied to it as well make it 
worthwhile going and getting it. I like playing it. Like you said, um, Scotty, with the Doom 2 box art marine armor, like that's just, that's a cool little thing. Like you don't need to do that, you know, like a lot of the armors and uh, weapon skins and stuff, like you don't need to go that much effort, you know, like it's still a great game, but having that sort of thing, it's like, okay, like they're really making it worth your while to play. Um, still not touching the, uh, the multiplayer to show it off to everyone else, but you know, it's fun for me. But yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I am still enjoying it. I still haven't played it as much as I want to because um, life's just taking over at the moment. But yeah, I, I rather enjoyed it. Um, do you, do you, I know you talked about it briefly, Scotty, but you got any extra thoughts? Uh, for me, um, not really. I mean, you two will probably be more into it than, say, like difficulty-wise. Um, I will say I was able to go ahead, beat it. I, as I said, I can only do it on Hurt Me Plenty. Uh, and as you said, um, if, at the end, you know, everything, the kitchen sink into the car. The whole car and the whole house just throwing into it and just with the marauders just oh goodness everything it just comes at you and at you you just don't know when it's going to stop and when it does is like finally yeah exactly right so that's um so that's doom horde mode and i believe brendan you've actually gone ahead and played some of the quake horde mode yeah so i guess i've got two things that really tie into yeah the doom horde mode so quake the the quake re-release um got a horde mode tied to it which is a, a little bit fun i to be fair i only played it for about 20 minutes or so it's nowhere near as uh intense as the doom one but it's a little fun distraction i think playing with friends on a harder difficulty make it really fun because i went through it on um hard mode just for a little bit um and just play with some bots just to see how it was um it's fine it's it's pretty much it like um it's just more quake uh which is always fun, but yeah, like I, I don't think it needed a horde mode, but it's there if you want to play it. But even if you want to get into it, it's really, it took me 10 minutes to figure out how to get into it as well. Cause it's not something like doom horde mode is a, a, from the menu thing that you can like from the start menu in this. I was like, well, where is it? Like, do I have to go into the single player and then go into another thing? Like I started up a fresh campaign to see if it was in there. No, then eventually I had to Google, how do I get into the horde mode for Quake? And it's like multiplayer. I'm like, okay, go into the multiplayer. And then even then, it's not a separate option in multiplayer. It's it's a mode you've got to choose like out of deathmatch and stuff. So it took me a little bit to get into it. But once I got in, I was like, hey, this is fine. It's a little distraction. But I was more happy about the fact that, um, and tying back into Doom, um, if you own, or if you tie your Quake, game to your Bethesda account and then boot up Doom Eternal, you get a Quake Ranger skin for the Doom Marine um, in uh, Doom Eternal, which was a nice little distraction. I like that. Yeah, it's 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 a cute little distraction. Like, again, it's it's fun to, to fly around and, and be dressed as uh, the Ranger from Quake. Yeah, it, it, like, it's just fun. It's just a, a cute little thing. Like, the fact that it makes me think as well that they're really going to gear up for a Quake reboot like a proper quake reboot and like the the 25th anniversary is just the beginning of it but who knows it could just be more doom i don't know but it's apparently doing something but yeah i guess um that's kind of all i really got to say about the quake one it's fine it's fun if you don't want to take it too seriously um but if you're going to pick between the two pick the horde mode in eternal it's way better uh these are both updates for doom eternal and quake so yeah get some horde modes in on both of those games Okay, so the big release that's actually 
Well, it's actually been out for a little while in multiplayer form, but only just got released in single player form about just over a week ago. We are, of course, referring to Halo Infinite, the game that was actually supposed to come out day one with the launch of the series consoles. Um, although, as everyone knows, that actually they did delay that quite a bit, uh, entire just year. Uh, but no, it's actually yeah, it's actually out. It's on Game Pass now, and I believe we've all um, we've all been experiencing it. Um, so I'll still go ahead and start. Effectively. Um, yeah, this is an absolutely mesmerizing game. Uh, it is. It takes the obviously the Halo formula and applies it to a somewhat open world experience. Uh, when you first start off, you're greeted with a first character, uh, Echo Two One Six. This is the this is the fellow who's been in the actual um, trailers, um, complaining all the time, uh, being really narky to Master Chief. Um, but you go ahead, you you encounter them. Um, uh, basically, he finds um, Master Chief just floating out in space. He goes ahead and brings him back in. And then you start off the game, you've sort of got two levels. that It's an introductory level to uh, basically get yourself back into the classic Halo feel. Um, so, yeah, I feel I feel like these are, it was a really good introduction to how the ga- it introduced the game, especially, you know, getting back into Halo, and also introducing uh, the new, one of the new mechanics was the grapple hook. Hell yeah. Uh, so I just want to, yeah, so I just want to get everyone's opinion, uh, thoughts about uh, those two starter levels. So do you mind if I go first with this? Because I think you guys have way more time with the game than me. Um, I've only played maybe about two hours of the campaign, but um, yeah, just I guess just to give my quick thoughts, because you guys will have better uh, thoughts about everything, but um, the campaign so far, what I've played, really, really fun. Um, those introductory, that introductory hour or so is a great way to set up the rest of the game, especially when you get to the, the open world part. Um, and then the freedom that you have on that map to go do whatever you want, in a sense, you know. Um, there needs to be, I'm trying to think of a good like Breath of the Wild pun, um, you know. Because that's that's essentially what this is. It's it, it's you know Halo Breath of the Wild in a, in a sense. Um, the freedom to go do what you want when you want how you want is it's great. Um, but yeah, the, the little bit I've played of the campaign, so yeah, about the first hour or two has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed it. Um, and getting an introduction to those mechanics like the grapple hook and stuff, and um, getting to play around with some of the new weapons and that it's it's great. It's really, really good. Um, it's it's nice to actually play a Halo game that I'm interested in. Um, I wasn't too keen on 4. I haven't played any of 5, um, but I haven't heard amazing things about it. But, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's fantastic. It feels like a Halo game, which is the main thing you want. But that's, that's pretty much all I've got to say on the campaign so far. So I'll throw it over to you too. So it's interesting that you bring up the Breath of the Wild comparison because I know that's what everyone brings up and I agree, but not in the way that I think everyone means it. Um, For me, Breath of the Wild was a reimagining of the first game of the series. Um, The idea of exploring a world without really knowing what's where and, and everything. That's how I feel about Halo Infinite. It's a reimagining of some of the elements from the earlier games. It's not necessarily the big open world like Breath of the Wild, 
I don't think that's where the comparison lies for me. It's the idea that they've taken the concept of like um, the original Halo level in Halo, where you had choice in which order to rescue the Marines. Even the art style and the um, terrain resembles that level. Uh, even the, the silent cartographer from the first game. It's that concept of not so... It, it's a giant level, is how I see it, um, with, with smaller missions to do in it. And this is... Normally in an open world game, I'm really overwhelmed and I end up doing nothing but the main story. In this one, I did every little thing as they popped up. Um... So you, you capture forward operating bases, which is kind of like your Ubisoft tower equivalent. Um, from there, you can spawn weapons and vehicles to explore the area. And every time that you unlock one of these um, fobs, as they're called, it will open up um, high-value target missions and enemy base missions where you can go and, and, you know, take out high value targets and capture enemy bases and destroy whatever they're doing, like their fuel cells or their maintenance bays and whatever. I was doing all of that before the main mission. There was a time where there was like probably like a four or five hour gap between I did when I did two main missions. <laughs> There's just so much to do. I prefer ourselves the same way. It's sort of, um, yeah, I was, as I went, went ahead and um, got out into the open world and started getting out to these uh, fobs, um, build around bases, uh, yeah, you just get, the it, the mission structure just sort of opens up. I just go, okay, here's a little thing here. You can go ahead and uh, free these uh, Marines or, you know, um, go ahead, take it down, um, take down these high enemy targets. Also these, um, <laughs> the, ta the, the, um, the propaganda towers oh, the grunts yeah. are actually <laughs> they are hilarious they're just grunts just going they're just it's like something like at it at a like um yeah something like radio just like the grunts are going around just spewing all these like weird propaganda you know say the master chief you know it sucks or something um and it's just cute so cute you know coming out of that voice and the and the idea is that you blow these up um and you get um yeah you get basically get uh uh, sort of experience for these fobs that you can go ahead and yeah get more like respawn weapons and um uh vehicles uh in your fobs um and you can also go ahead you also get um two other things you can get uh lockers which actually unlock um certain things in the halo infinite multiplayer campaign so skins um armor pieces uh emblems that sort of thing not armor pieces not up okay sorry no, it, it, this is a big uh, controversy, is that their armor lockers and all they unlock are nameplates, emblems, and um, armor coatings. That's it. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, you also get, um, what's it called? The Spartan experience. So basically, these are what you use to level up your perks. So the first perks you get is for your grapple, grapple hook, and then you also get ones for a sort of a radar operation uh, device. Uh, you get one to upgrade your shield. You'll also get one to for a dash move. Uh, and so you basically, it sort of goes, you get, so the first one is one point, 
next one is two, and then the other two are three and three. And I don't know about you, both of you, but the first one I did straight up was um, grab a hook to make sure I reduce the amount of time and be able to unlock its melee ability, which is um, which is pretty much what I use quite a lot. The the way it works is that you go ahead when you see an enemy, you shoot your grapple hook at him, and then you're holding your melee button. And then as you're going along, the Master Chief just it goes in third person and just punches the actual um, enemy, and it creates a sort of shock shock wave that sort of damages, sort of removes the shield of any other enemy and so hopefully damages that uh, main enemy. And so I was going around just zip. And that's sort of the thing with the grapple hook. It's not only just so you can go around the actual um, terrain everywhere. You actually use it within combat. So you go ahead, you can grapple enemies, get close to them. Like even flying enemies, you can go, right, oh, see, I can see that. Bam, I'm going to go right at you. So like catch catch them like a Pokemon or something. And um, uh, also going ahead and like picking up weapons, picking up... Um, you know, um, uh, cores so you can throw enemies. Actually, one what, and another one I use it uh, getting vehicles. So if I see a ghost, so I'm running ghost. Oh, I'm going to get that. I I, I um, grab a hook into him and just drive that ghost. Um, but yeah, the definitely the grapple hook is the best one of the best things about this game. Uh, and it it's good because um, when as I said, going around the terrain, uh, when you actually do unlock everything about the grapple hook, uh, you basically pretty much can get anywhere yeah that cooldown yeah the cool when the cooldown goes down you're actually able to sort of like you got these huge ledges like metallic ledges that go everywhere and you sort of you angle yourself up so you're sort of shooting up your gravel hook using the momentum to go up and then use the momentum to go down and then using gravel hook again to sort of work without momentum to get to the top it's the same sort of uh momentum and rhythm as double jumping that said i did upgrade my personal shields first i played on heroic mode it is tough um because this game is tuned for normal mode uh normally halo games are tuned for heroic mode and then tuned up and down for the uh, other difficulties but this time they started with normal mode so heroic is a tough time there's a lot of dying to just one to two hits, especially those jackal snipers. You can only imagine what it's like on legendary. Oh my goodness! I mean, I was having a having a bit of a tough time on normal mode, honestly, towards the end. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, uh, most annoying enemy for me were the uh, what is it? The enemies that just come the red the red enemies that just come up and just barge at you. Are the brutes? Maybe. The brutes, yes. Yeah, I think they're called berserkers. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, they they are berserkers. Yeah, they are so annoying. You just get like a three of them, and and I'm, literally, I'm just going around just trying to shoot at them. And then when I when I have to reload, rather than actually reload, I have to go behind me and try to grab a hook to try and get away from them. That's what I found out. I had to do. Yeah, it's tough because you have sometimes you don't have the right weapons for them. Like, you might have a rocket launcher on you, and obviously you don't want to shoot that at them in your face. What Actually, that's an interesting question. What do we feel about, um, because with the Halo series, it's a staple that you only have two weapons at a time. And with this being a somewhat more open-world experience, um, how do you, how do we feel about um, only have, still only having two weapons? It's fine. I think, for, I, sorry, I guess for me, like, it's it's fine. Um you know, like that's just always been the Halo staple. So I'm totally fine with it. 
but yeah, I, it would be nice to carry a bit more. But you know, like, it, I guess it wouldn't feel like Halo if you if you could carry more than two weapons. To me, anyway. I feel like they've mitigated the feeling of it by having a lot of the uh, enemies hold like human weapons now, because that used to be a problem when you went into Covenant weapon uh, Covenant levels. Like, um, Truth and Reconciliation has you go in with a sniper rifle with a whole bunch of ammo, but by the end of it, you're probably using, like, a needler or a um, plasma rifle because the ammo starts to run out. They've kind of worked around that. But there's not a huge human presence in this game. So once you start a mission, if you want to keep using your precision weapons, like your battle rifle or your shotgun or what have you, the brutes are probably holding those weapons, so you can get your ammo back that way, which I thought was an interesting thing. And even like the the grunts and the jackals are sometimes using the brute weapons, which I've never seen before, like the mangler. Oh, okay. Uh, or like there's some of them have the the shock rifle or the disruptor. The 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 kind of weapons that the enemies are using basically is really varied, not just limited to their own sandbox, which is really handy. So if you're always switching weapons, which you should be in a Halo game, that's why they have the two-weapon limit, is that they want you to always be shifting the tools for the the right tools for the right job. They make it a lot easier in this to do that. Yeah, ex- exactly. Visual-wise, uh, both you and I, Tori, we've been playing on the Series X. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, for me, I was... Um, because there's, yeah, as I said, there's two modes. There's um, quality mode and performance mode. And with quality mode uh, on Series X, it's uh, mostly 4K, 60 frames per second. But then uh, with performance mode, you actually do get that 120 frames per second. It reduces down to, I think, 1440p. But I found that um, that was too much of a compromise, basically, because it was reducing resolution far too often. And I feel like this frame rate go, trying to get up to, uh, especially in the open world, trying to get up to 120 frames per second just wasn't cutting it. And apparently for some reason, Halo Infinite on Xbox doesn't have VRR support yet. Yeah. So that was annoying. So I, just, I actually had to switch it back to um, uh, quality mode. Um, but I'm glad I did because I played the camp, all the campaign like that. And yeah, it, sh- it just it hardly ever drops um, frames, hardly ever drops resolution. And it's just magnificent. I have noticed that it's com- sometimes completely hangs up for a couple of seconds. Yes. I thought it crashed. Um, it only happened like once or twice. Yeah, quality mode hits, a, for the most part, a stable 60. Performance mode doesn't hit a stable anything. <laughs> um, stick with quality mode, honestly. There's no reason to use the performance mode on Series X. Uh, but this this is just with the Xbox consoles. Uh, with PC, however... Um things take an interesting turn because uh, I've was um, I'll go with me I try, I tried running this on my um, PC uh, it cannot I don't have the greatest PC um, but I ran it at low settings and it, it struggled to keep up to 60 um, it was not good and it, for some reason um, it ended up when I reloaded the game it led up another instance yeah so mm. the, yeah it would it's a weird weird thing you had to go okay once you actually close it down okay then it runs a bit better so that's me with that's with me with pc how about you two um i was playing on like high or ultra and for the most part i get like a stable at least 100 frames but uh there were just moments where it just completely chugged or slowed down or stopped 
I had the the double instance as well, and I thought it was just randomly playing campaign menu music. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of my multiplayer games. <laughs> now, Brendan, how you you been able to play some um, single player? Uh, yeah, so I I'm playing entirely on the PC at the moment. Um, so I'm currently in the process of reinstalling the game, but I'll get into that in a second. But the like I I've got a, a decent PC I bought at the beginning of the year. But for most games and stuff, just so I can get it to run well, I turn all the quality settings down for the most part, and especially with a new game. So this, it was everything was pretty much set to low, and it still looks quite quite gorgeous even still. But as soon as I got into that open world, um, and there's like you you do the first sort of um, that first base as you get out into the open world, and then you you jump into the pelican and you do that little flyover the map to. Um, you know, another area and is just popping in like and just chugging along. And I'm like, even on low, this is happening. Like, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like it's, it's fun. Like it's, it's really good. Like I'm enjoying it. Um, and the PC experience is fine. Like I've got real, no real problem with it. Um, except for the fact that I now have to reinstall the game from scratch because for whatever reason, the game pass, um, the, the Xbox app on the PC is telling me that, um, I'm offline, even though I'm able to do everything um, else online. So, yay to that. So, I'm now currently reinstalling the game. Uh, good fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's just I wanted to play a little bit more today. So, when we, we um, came into this, I was like, cool, I'm refreshed. I know what I'm going to be talking about. But, no, um, the, uh, the the Xbox guys decided I wasn't worthy enough to play their game. Oh, bugger. But apart from that, everything's good. Ah, well, um, I think, yeah, I just finished it um, just a couple of hours ago, actually. I was on the final credits. Yeah, nice. So, yeah, I was, um, yeah, good, good, very good single player game all around. Uh, I really, really, really did enjoy it. And I think both of you are enjoying it as well. Yeah. Um, I'll, I want to talk about the story without spoilers. If you like the story beats of Halo 4 and were severely disappointed by Halo 5, like I was. Halo Infinite does a really good job of getting it back on track. It's a bittersweet story. It's got a lot of closure, which is good. The Banished are a really good Covenant replacement, finally. Because Halo 4 had, like, the Prometheans and Halo 5 did as well. Halo 5 didn't have, like, a clear enemy that you're fighting against. It was just, like, sometimes it's Covenant Remnants, sometimes it's... Um, the Prometheans and everything. It's a lot more focused this time around, which is good with the Banished. Yeah, if you're a, if you're a Halo lore nerd like me, I think you'll really like the story overall. Um, yeah, fantastic. That's awesome. So that is um, so that is uh, Halo Infinite single player campaign. Uh, it is fr- you can get it on Game Pass, and yeah, so it runs on Xbox and PC. And I will say it actually runs on every. Xbox, Xbox One, through series and PC. So that's the single player campaign. Um, but now we can actually talk about because they've actually um, released the uh, multiplayer campaign. So I just want to basically get all our thoughts on um, what we've experienced with uh, multiplayer because we actually quite frequently um, play the multiplayer together. Yes. <laughs> we've oh, got yes. some thoughts. Yes, we do. Um, all right, let's go ahead and... Um, it's been a constant update with this, with 343 and how they're handling 
everything within the multiplayer um just with the um sort of the balancing and especially with um the item unlocks with the battle pass uh-huh <laughs> so where do we start i'll let, i'll let you start brendan okay so i'll i i've i really enjoy the feel of the multiplayer in this um Considering the amount of Halo we've been playing before this came out, it was really fun to play the multiplayer and it felt fresh, but still felt like Halo, which is the main thing. Like, it makes me want to play Halo again, like almost religiously. Like it was, I was at work and it had been a long time since I played any sort of multiplayer stuff and I was at work going, I just want to go home and play multiplayer. Um... Yeah, so, like, all the new mechanics and stuff they brought in were really great. Like, I loved how it all welded together for multiplayer. and It felt good. It felt really, really fun. Um, but then, obviously, you know, for someone like me who can only squeeze in maybe an hour or two here and there, um, there was no real sense of progression, especially when you got those battle passes and stuff. Um, I think that's the thing that's going to be a real sticking point for all of us in this conversation. Um, obviously by the time this is out, then some things have changed, but you know, like it, it, it's really hard to want to play the game and actually play well when it doesn't matter if you, if you win or lose, you didn't really get any experience for it originally. Um, I think that pissed off a lot of people, um, the battle pass situation, which I'm sure you guys will discuss a bit further, but I guess to give my overall thoughts just quickly condensed the game itself is really fun i really like it but all the battle pass stuff um and the playlist stuff um at launch was awful it made me not want to play the game even though i was really enjoying the actual gameplay of it yeah i pretty much i feel the way the single i'm uh, sorry the multiplayer itself the game itself is solid but just the way the way they organize the battle pass is just they're trying to go for the whole obviously sort of fort like you know you go up a level you get a certain get a certain item but with but I feel like um okay so with the with the battle pass you've actually got a you've actually got a couple of armor sets you've got the Mark Seven which is initial one you've also got another one which is the Mark Five and the way the battle pass works is that once you're going ahead and trying to you're trying to level up you get certain armor pieces but those certain armor pieces are only for a certain amount of armor type and so it's off it's normally like you start you start off the game and most often you'll see just um gray people uh because they've they've well they've only just started but if they've only they've only um you can't i, I feel like when you actually start off to, uh, the game and trying to make yourself unique with a unique set set of armor there's not too many options when you're first starting um you know you just it's very it takes quite a while to actually get like a different like uh helmet set and even then that's as i said that's only for a certain armor set so you sort of you're already splitting off that bait those bases uh and then the whole thing with the actual trying to level up uh you can um because uh basically the bait the on the base on the very least you get fit at the moment now you only get uh 50 experience points for each match you play and originally that wasn't even the case uh it was only i did, i believe they did change that and now they've got the system where you sort of every day you effectively can level up one one level in six matches. So, 
but even then and then you've also got these challenges that you have which is like every battle pass game has uh, some of them are pretty standard, you know, just win win some games in single player, win some oddball matches. Uh, but then you've got your specific ones, so, you know, get a couple of kills with a mangler, you know, make sure you kill someone who's trying to uh, return, trying to the enemy's trying to return their flag. And it's just, you're trying to get in, you're trying to play this game, you're trying to do some matches, uh, but the, I just sort of feel like you're sort of fighting ahead, you know, trying to play the match for fun and then trying to actually go ahead and um pl- play the match to level up and sort of conflicts with each other um so i just feel like that's very that's really annoying and then with the whole battle yeah with the with the battle pass it's just not i'll i'll use fortnite as an example you know um at least for fortnite you know you're going ahead and you get a certain thing like you get a whole brand new skin it's just like okay this is a brand new skin i can show off to everyone Whereas with Halo, you've got all these different sort of um, skin types, um, but there's only set like a set amount. But yeah, that's sort of um, that's sort of my thoughts about the the the, uh, the battle pass scenario. I mean, like you're saying that I'm over halfway of the battle pass now, and I still feel like I haven't made that much progress in terms of having a unique look. I don't know. It it's. A lot of the unlocks are just really subtle things like shoulder pads and knee pads and uh, like on the back of the hands. Only you're really going to know that they're there. Um, the armor coatings, maybe. The helmet, maybe. The chest piece, not so much. You're holding a gun in front of it. And they're treated like entire skins. And you can tell that they they think of it like that because of the prices that they charge for them in the store. You're paying like over 20 Australian dollars for a lot of these items that people aren't really going to see, like weapon charms. Only you're going to see them. I haven't noticed anyone else's weapon charms. I mean, yeah, exactly right. That's only that's really only for you. Okay, okay, it's, it's a fun little thing to get, but it's like, why charge money for it? Like, charge like um, like you can't earn some of them, but a lot of them they're just like um, yeah, you only, you can only really see it for yourself, and you just pay for money really for yourself. You want to you want to show off. Hopefully, it seems like they are sort of looking into it, and uh, there have there have been a lot of changes. Uh, there was just recently a few changes. There were a lot of big changes that we're going to do. I got I ended up getting that uh, Nerf Halo gun and getting the skin. Uh, so I got the skin for that. So at least now, when um, people see me uh, with my assault rifle, I can actually I got the um, Nerf Nerf skin. I believe you got that too as well, Tori. Yeah, I've I got that Nerf gun like a year ago and redeemed the code a year ago, and now I can finally use it. Yeah, I actually kind of don't mind. You know, you buy some merch, you get some in-game items. I I kind of like that. I just don't like the idea of them encouraging you to buy merch that you don't really want for them. If that makes sense. But you don't really want to be forcing people to buy the merch if it's not something they're really interested in. No, but look from the actual gameplay itself. I mean, we've been we've all been having fun, you know, playing oddball matches, um, capture zones, uh, playing big team battles. Uh, what do you? What would sort of be your favorite game modes? I actually really like oddball. Now I used to hate it. Now I love it. I don't know what they've done really to change it, but maybe it's the structure where it's like a best 
two out of three. Um, I'm just having fun with it. No, it's good. Uh, you, Brendan? Um, still a big fan of Slayer. Um, still a really big fan of Capture the Flag. Um, I'll, I'll always be a mad fan for Capture the Flag, so that's been really fun. Um, yeah, like kind of, kind of everything, honestly. Like that, everything I've been enjoying because you obviously can't pick. Well, I think now you can, but you couldn't when the game first started. You can't pick the playlist you want to play. So, um, I haven't had a chance to play. I can't remember what one of them is called. Um, the Power Seed one. I haven't had a chance to play that yet. Oh yeah, that's that's still all lumped in in Big Team Battle, unfortunately. Yeah, so I haven't had a chance to play that yet. Um, but yeah, so I guess my favourites still be Slayer because that's still just always a classic. And um, Capture the Flag, they're the two for me. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll be oh, yeah. Team Slayer or Slayer is good for me. Also, I'm quite a fan of Fiesta mode. Oh yeah, yeah, Fiesta's fun. Yeah, that's an interesting one. It's sort of um, you're basically going ahead, and every time you die, you get a new uh, weapon set. So it's interesting. It just keeps it random, and um, yeah, it's it's, it's fine. They actually had that for the there was a there was an event that's still that's I think it's in a week's time. That's gonna no next January next year. It's gonna come up again, and you, so you, there's actually another armor set that you can actually earn. Um, basically, you do specific challenges for that. And you can actually earn a yeah. You unlock like a samurai set exactly. Uh, but they they do that with the fiesta mode, and so that's sort of encouraging people to play the fiesta mode. It's actually quite good. Yeah, well, it's a permanent playlist now as well. Ah, fantastic! All right, so yeah, that's um yeah, Halo Infinite multiplayer. Now I've got a couple for both of you. I've got a couple of questions. So we've been discussing, you know, the, the battle pass. Um, uh, we've uh, with the skins and yeah, trying to. Uh, put your armor up. I I put a question to you. Um, a couple of questions. What armor from any sort of media, some like book or film or other game, would you want in the Halo Infinite multiplayer? Uh, I'll oh for me. Like this is just like a hypothetical. Uh, I I would like the Robocop armor. So if I go around like looking like Alex Murphy, that'd be mad. That that would be really cool. Um, just for for the nostalgia's sake, like I, I I know this is completely off topic from Halo, but um, if you're a big fan of RoboCop, like when he popped up in Mortal Kombat 11, and like seeing the the love and the, the attention, it's like, man, how good is RoboCop? <laughs> yes, the actual 1987 RoboCop. Yes, yeah, not the new one. <laughs> um, so, any other any other thoughts on um, what armor you would you would hypothetically like to see? I think me and Tori will probably end up having the same answer. Um, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. I already know what you're going to say then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think our pick would be um, the Doom Slayer. Um, and I think we yep. talked about that last time as well, like just as a cool cross-promotion thing. Um, but actually, now that I think about it, it'd be really cool to see um, the the robot ninjas from Mortal Kombat actually pop up, like just Ooh. that armor. Yep. Um, like Cyrax and Sector and stuff, because they're, they're they're pretty cool designs. Like they're all kind of generic-ish in a sense, but um, yeah, Cyrax and Sector from MK11, I like their designs. Um, Ketchup and mustard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm trying to think. Like, there's so many cool armor designs and stuff. Um, yeah, see, Brendan, I know, I know both of you. Were, I, I had a feeling both of you were going to say Doom Doom armor. Brendan, I would have thought you would have something along the lines of Pepsi Man. Pepsi Man! 
Um, that would be mad, honestly. Like just like a just a one piece thing that turns him into a Sentai armor. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm rocking the, the the Pepsi Spartan gear at the moment. Yeah. Um, a break from tradition for my usual purple and yellow because I can't do purple and yellow anymore. I can only just do purple or yellow. So Pepsi man, it is. And the last question, I was just uh, hypothetical. Um, you've also got the like your AI voice um, when you're playing through the multiplayer. You can actually have a set amount. You got the butler one is your initial one. Um, but I also had another question: What other sort of from any, hypothetical other media would you want an AI voice from? Hmm, how cool would Vega be? Vega would be cool. I was gonna say, oh my, oh my goodness, I was gonna say Vega as well. Either Vega or um, Adam from Metroid Dread. Oh, yeah. That'd be a good one. Yeah, I, I kind of like that voice. I, I would really like something the total opposite, honestly. Like, maybe not so robotic, but um, I'm just trying to think of something, like, just totally off the wall. Like, if it's if it can be just a, a voice of Eric, any character, it'd just, it would be honestly just really fun and stupid to have, like... Um, like Charles Martinet just doing Mario voices, like, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. as your AI, like just something like that. Um, yeah. Because like, that's the thing, all the AI characters in the game, like they've got character to them, which is really nice. Um, it's not just like a generic, like, oh, I am a robot. You got a kill. Good job. Like that sort of thing. Like the fact that they're all unique and they do different things in situations, it's really fun. Um. But yeah, just Charles Martinet doing like the Mario voice for everything would be great. All right. Well, I think that we should be that should be it for the discussion. So yeah, Halo Infinite, um, single player, multiplayer, whatever player, get at um, Game Pass, have a crack at it. Yeah, agreed. It's good fun. Yeah. Okay, and that it is it is for the Power of X. Actually, this will probably be the last episode we do for the year. Um, I want to thank you both um, for joining in. Uh, just before we send off, I just want to sort of see, um, just want a general thing about um, what would you say would be your sort of Xbox or PC game of the year? Uh, I would say for me, with all the games that we, we've played, as you know, I've been playing through the Yakuza series. Um, I would probably say the last one, uh, the um, uh, the last one, uh, Yakuza like a like a dragon yes uh, that will probably be my best um that'd be my game of the year it's just sort of um yeah it's, it's just something i was just like i played all the others and when it finally culminated into this like like big open rpg experience um yeah i just um it just it really hit me so yeah that's my game of the year how about you over years uh for me it would be resident evil 8 or village just such a good horror experience it touches every genre of horror that the Resident Evil series overall has shown. I thought it was just going to be a Resident Evil 4 uh, homage, but it ended up being a Resident Evil love letter all around. It's just an amazing game. Um, yeah, uh, for me, I guess game of the year in terms of Game Pass and Xbox and stuff, um, I was the same as you. I got to play Yakuza 0. Um, at the beginning of the year, and that was fantastic. Um, like I, I love the Yakuza series, but I hadn't had a chance to play them for a while. Um, so I played the crap out of Yakuza Zero. Um, so that was pretty high up there. Um, I'm just going to throw in Quake again because that was really fun to play again with all the new 
bells and whistles. So that was really good. Um, and I'd love to throw in Doom Eternal as well, but I feel like because that was last year's one, I can't call that again. Um, so yeah, probably, probably Yakuza Zero and Quake. They were my, um, Xbox games of the year. Yeah. And, and Halo Infinite, um, from what I've played so far as well. Can I throw a little Yakuza Zero's leaving Game Pass at the end of the year? Oh, yes. But it is currently on, it's currently on sale for like five American or six dollars Australian. So if you want to play, if you're even thinking of playing it, this is probably still worth like 50 bucks this game. It's so good. Absolutely. So if you can get it for like five bucks, get it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's a, it's a sale of $5. All right. Well, thank you so much um, for listening in. And yeah, I want to thank the both of you for coming in and um, having some chats. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you again for having me. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to talk with you too. All right. Okay. Well, thank you everyone. And we'll catch you next time in a new year. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Power of X. If you enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast services. Make sure to check out the other shows on the GamePod Your Network and Focus and PlayState. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively GamePodular community. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube, and our GamePodular for updates, news, and other content. Links are in the show notes. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a Game Podular Patreon. The details for both are on our website. Thanks. This episode was edited by me, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Scotty J Man. You can also follow Tori on Twitter at STWTWO and catch her Twitch streams at Tori STW. And you can also follow Brendan on Twitter at Shiggy Ninty and catch his Twitch streams at Shiggy Ninty as well. Thanks so much.
I'm your host, Scott Jenkins, and with me is Tori Wasner. Hello, Tori. Hello. And hello to you, Brendan Curtis. Oh, how are you going? I'm very I'm very well. <laughs> how are all of you? You said Curtis. Oh, did I say oh, oh, yeah. I didn't even oh, notice. Oh, uh-uh. <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, okay, we'll okay, scratch that. Okay. No, nah, leave it in, Three, leave it in. Two, Let's keep one. going. Screw it. Go on, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with that. Uh, okay. <laughs>